As consumers, we are bombarded by it at every turn, like the Incredible Hulk being bombarded by gamma rays. But what makes some media endure, while others are banished to the forgotten black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Who or what decides this? Hetero life mate Steve and Yehel want to know, and they want to know now. This is Obscurity Now. now, now, now. What's up, Obscurians? It's time for another episode of Obscurity Now, the show that takes a look at weird and almost forgotten pieces of media that we decide if they should be remembered for all of human history or tossed into the black void of obscurity, never to be heard from again. My name is Steve, and with me, well, I like to refer to him as my demon lover. And I call you my fruit burger. <laughs> fruit burger. <laughs> Isn't that what he uh, calls her or whatever? Oh, I think, man, I had a hard time making out a lot of the stuff they were saying. I don't know. Uh, if that, was... That's great for the show. <laughs> no, no. I am I, I mean, I got the gist of the movie. I mean, there's not that much to get. Yeah, be, but... be, because when he eats that burger from her and, like, there's no meat, it's all just, like, oh, various dried yeah. up fruit or whatever. <laughs> Wow, that's uh, how apropos that scene was. One that will uh, yeah. echo yeah, in the, the end, halls of cinema. Uh, for at the end of the film, he calls her his fruit burger. Mm, mm, yes, uh, fantastic. Uh, so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are covering today the uh, truly obscure, like at least I'd never heard of it, horror rom-com. And I'd say very little, like lowercase h on that horror. Uh, oh, for real. Uh, my demon lover, um, this like ridiculous '80s movie that floated up into my uh, Facebook feed, and uh, I don't know. I was just like, "Well, it's either going to be that or my bloody Valentine remake for the um, for I guess this is sort of like a pseudo Valentine's Day episode, even though uh, it's a couple days late, um, whatever." But uh, 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 typical of us men, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly we're always um late for valentine's day and uh, apparently turning into demons whenever we get sexually aroused according to this movie at least um yes but uh so i think i already know the answer to this but had you ever heard of my demon lover but until i suggested no i had not heard of this movie (laughs) at all uh and uh, i don't think you had either right it just kind of like you said kind of came up uh via Facebook, uh, you are an old man. It's your birthday, so you're active on Facebook. I mean, uh, I, I, I love when you message me on Facebook, Steve. That's my favorite thing to log into. Well, I didn't know you hated <laughs> it so much. I mean, Facebook is definitely whack for the most part, but it's still good for like uh, groups. I'm a, a member of several basically like obscure movie groups, and that's where I come up with a lot of suggestions for uh, for this show, basically. So, yeah, I, I think groups are like the only thing keeping Facebook alive with anyone that's, you know, under 60. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, in, I'm in a couple Star Trek groups, and if it wasn't mm-hmm. for that, I would probably uh, delete my profile. Right. If it wasn't for that sweet, the sweet Simpson memes and, uh, yeah, obscure groups like, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Facebook is, I mean, of course, social media in general is uh, pretty bunk when you get right down to it. Uh, but uh, speaking of bunk, do you want to dig a little bit deeper into my demon lover? Let's do it. Welcome to your 
Alrighty. So my demon lover uh, was unleashed on the world back in April 24th, 1987. And that's funny because that is my brother's birthday, um, the one closest to my age. I mean, he wasn't born in 1987. It was uh, 1984, but April 24th. How random uh, and hmm. sad. <laughs> uh, but uh, so for a synopsis of my demon lover, it's as follows. A homeless street musician becomes a demon whenever sexually aroused. And that's all that's there. And We've uh, all been there. Yeah, <laughs> right? Right? This almost sounds like it could somehow have been something. But I've already said too much. Uh, so this was directed by one Charlie Loventhal. What's your favorite Charlie Loventhal film? Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I guess my demon lover. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you sure about that? Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, no, uh, Charlie. It, it's my favorite and least favorite. Right, yeah. Well, Charlie here uh, didn't do too much directing. Um, aside from my demon lover, he did uh, another sort of looks like a boner comedy called uh, The First Time. And then uh, something else called Mr. Right. And then another one called Meat Market, which looks like another um, rom-com. And that's it. Four movies. And I'm kind of surprised to get that many. Uh, but uh, moving on, the writer here is uh, Leslie Ray. Or that's right, a, a woman, Leslie Ray. She is I mean, a, are you sure it's a woman? Yes. because That, that uh, can be a man's name, too. Right. I, I read her bio. It's definitely a, a woman. <laughs> Pronouns, pal. Uh but uh, she did eight episodes of uh, Fresh Prince, 101 episodes of Wayans Brothers, and a few episodes of Dawson's Creek. So basically, My Demon Lover was her only feature film. And I wonder why. <laughs> wow, I'm kind of surprised that... Um... Okay, well, <laughs> for uh, her. Yeah, what? Oh, wait, it says here she also worked on uh, Tenet. And very, no, no, just kidding. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, that's basically it. There's, um, I guess, not really a whole lot of other people uh, working behind the scenes here, which is uh, pretty clear. Why don't you tell me some of the people who start in front of the camera here? Uh, before I do that, I was trying to like look up some information on Leslie Ray mm -hmm. and this uh, <laughs> uh, other Leslie Ray, who's an author, came up. Uh, she's a writer of contemporary romance novels. And I just bring it up because on her Meet the Author section on her website, uh, it ends with, uh, I love to mow. I can do amazing plotting, spending hours on a mower. So anyways, uh, her books uh, seem terrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I imagine a lot of them have to do with like uh, romance and lawn upkeep at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Well, she has a, she has a, I, I think her signature series is a book that's called the Carefree series, but right underneath that is the Spruce Pine series. Uh, so yes, I believe you're. I'm, I'm not joking. Wow, it's like I I saw him riding the lawnmower shirtless, and I wished that he would ride me. I wish I were that lawnmower. That's how I imagine. <laughs> the first it. book is called Run to Me. The second book is called Forgive Me. So maybe I guess she shouldn't have ran to this guy. I don't know. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> Anyways, uh, moving along uh, to the cast. So uh, we've got Scott Valentine playing Kaz... Uh, who's a Kaz Hayashi? 
Oh, no, you mean Frankie Kazarian, right? <laughs> yeah, but there was another wrestler called oh, Kaz no. Hayashi. I'm familiar yeah. with him. Uh, anyways, he has uh, quite a few credits to his name. He's also was in 22 episodes of Black Scorpion, which I think is on our list, and also um, 35 episodes of the animated Phantom 2040 series. Oh, man, he, we were, were that's been on the list for a long time, too. Is he the yeah, voice he, of the Phantom? It says here 24th Phantom, so I guess so. Oh, nice. Wow. I, that, man, it's that 35 episodes, so I would assume that regained a lot of respect <laughs> from me <laughs> after hearing wow. that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, he was also in Silk Stalking Senior. Uh, <laughs> I mean, regular. It's his regular Silk right, Stalking. Right, anyways, um, yeah, he's still acting. He did a short in 2022 and a few other things. So, um, We've got – so he's like the demon guy, basically. The yes. movie. We've got Michelle Little playing the love interest. Her name is uh, Denny in the film. Not a lot of acting credits to her name. The last thing she did was a TV show called Legacy uh, in 1999. Um, but, yeah, nothing really of note, just some random guest appearances and mm -hmm. terrible movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, then we've got Robert Trebor. Um, who plays, uh, I forgot his character's name, Charles, uh, in the movie. He uh, has a pretty decent IMDb. He hasn't acted since 2016, but he was in 22 episodes of Hercules. Nice. The Legendary Journeys. He was uh, Salmonius. Oh, uh, wow, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he I looks familiar, it. right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so, yeah, outside of that, I mean, he was in, that, that's kind of like the thing that he did the most of, and then some guest spots. He was in a few episodes of Xena uh, as well. Uh, we've got Gina Gallego. She plays uh, Sonia, who's like the best friend of uh, Denny. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry. Uh, she has uh, quite a big list of credits to her name, 114 credits. Uh, most recently, she's been, uh, I guess she's currently on Days of Our Lives. She's got mm -hmm. 33 episodes there. There's another soap opera, I can't remember, where she had a ton of episodes, but she's done like a ton of you know, TV guest spots, basically, but sure. nothing super of note. Um, oh, I forgot to mention that the actress that played Denny is an Apollo 13. Oh, wow. How random. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I'll tell you right now who she played. She plays Jane Conrad, which I want to say that was one of the wives. Yeah, they pretty much have to be. Man, I haven't seen that movie since it came out. Yeah, so she's Pete Conrad's, I guess, wife or something, mm -hmm. but... Uh, anyways, then we got Alan Fudge. Uh, great yeah, uh, he plays like the police detective. I don't know if we ever get his rank, but Phil Janice is the oh, character. Oh, actually, the J is silent. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Phil Ames. Yeah. Uh, he was in 24 episodes of Seventh Heaven as Lou Dalton. He was in Aces and Eights. No, not the <laughs> TNA. Not the TNA faction, but rather a TV movie in 2008 with one Casper Van Diem. Nice. Um, oh, that's got to be good. Was... <laughs> I'm sure it's great. Last thing he did was Star Wars of the Old Republic uh, video game. Uh, and he hasn't done anything since then because he died. Oh, well, that's that. His career really took a return. dive after that. Yeah. Did you with... did you recognize him, though, since you're a big Seventh Heaven guy? No, I didn't. <laughs> I haven't seen that many episodes of Seventh Heaven. Oh, okay. It, I mean, 24 or however many episodes he's in, that's not a big percentage. Mm. 
Um, and then we've got Arnold Johnson. He plays Fixer, which is kind of like a street oracle, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. Very stereotypical kind of character. Mm-hmm. There's um, a lot of that he, in this. Yeah. He really didn't do a lot. Uh, well, I guess he did. 47 credits to his name. Mm-hmm. He hasn't acted since 2002, uh, which is amazing because he died in the year 2000. So... <laughs> What an actor. Are you saying it's a, it's a g- 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 ghost started something? <laughs> Maybe. Is that what you're saying? Maybe. But while I was uh, looking into him, I did find out that he was in a TV show uh, sitcom called Buddies that starred um, Dave Chappelle. Have you ever heard of this? I have not. I hadn't heard of it either. We should probably cover it at some point. It's It seems like it's pretty bad, but it was a spinoff uh, uh, Home Improvement. And basically, it was supposed to star Dave Chappelle and Jim Brewer. And Jim Brewer got fired after the first day. Wow. (laughs) Because they didn't find that. They didn't think he had chemistry or whatever with with, uh, Chappelle. So I guess he's in the pilot or something, but not in the rest. I don't know exactly. But uh, anyways. um, But wait, aren't they they both in that um, half-baked movie together? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hmm, I don't know if this weird. is before or after. I, I think it's before or after I, that. But the weird, the, the thing I thought was really strange though was that like these two characters appear for like seven minutes in mm. one episode of Tool of uh, Home Improvement, where they're doing the Tool Time show within Home Improvement, and like Tim calls down the, uh, two guys from the audience, I don't know, to participate in something. And in those few minutes, they impressed executives so much that they immediately were like, "We're going to do a spinoff based on you two guys and your characters here." <laughs> It's so random. Yeah. Anyways, it lasted all 14 episodes. Nice. Uh, the last person in our cast, and I don't know why he's even like, so they do the credits at the end, and it's mm-hmm. the kind of credits where they show you the actor. Sure. And then like the name of the actor or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because this guy didn't even have any lines. Calvert DeForest. Mm-hmm. Um, all he does is he like eats some soup or something. And dies. At a diner and, di- and dies. Uh, he doesn't even say anything really. Anyways, uh, the so he's in this. He's Wait, only he's the one eight hundred collect guy, isn't he? Well, he was, I think so, but also he was on like the David Letterman show. I think was what mm-hmm. he was famous for being like Larry Bud Melman or something. Right. He's also uh, in a movie that we should also cover someday. Uh, Freaked. You ever see Freaked? No. Or hear of it? It's a. Uh, uh, the guy who's not Keanu Reeves from Bill and Ted, he like directed and starred in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's pretty wacky. But uh, yeah, it looks like he's mostly known for this Melman character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, there's no Star Trek connections in this, really. However, I did find it weird that uh, this guy, Calvert DeForest, mm-hmm. is the cousin of DeForest Kelly, who played the original Doctor, uh, Doctor McCoy, uh, right. in the original Star Trek series. Uh, and also this was really strange to me. Uh, apparently the, uh, his uncle of this guy, Calvert, mm-hmm. which I guess might be DeForest Kelly's father, uh, <laughs> invented the three element vacuum tube, which helped usher in the age of radio and television. Whoa. Hmm. That's so interesting. So if it wasn't for this guy, Steve, we may not have anything to cover yeah. for this guy's uncle. <laughs> That's a good point. Wow. And what an interesting fun fact. Uh, now, the big, question, the big question is, does that count as a Star Trek connection? No, no. He was never in Star Trek. 
Okay. I will take your word for it. Uh, before we jump into the walkthrough here, uh, I was all right. So this is mostly a uh, rom com in question marks, like a genre that you and I will probably never talk about again. I was just curious, like, is there one or two rom coms that you actually re- liked or watched all the way through? Um, yeah, there's there's two I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I re- I actually really like the whole nine yards. Uh, whole... with Matthew Perry. Oh, uh, that, I guess that counts as a rom-com, but there's a lot of violence in there too. Very, very, yeah, but, it, but it's almost, but it's almost like a cartoonish violence. Sure. 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 It's, yeah, yeah. it's one of those crime sort of rom-coms. Like, uh, like, like the romantic part of it isn't like, I mean, it's featured, but it's well balanced with everything. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like the main necessarily part of it, you could say. And then the other one that I really like, which it's kind of the same vein where like, yeah, there's, it's a romantic comedy, but the romance is like done in in service of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, um, oh my god, I just forgot the name of it. Oh, the invention of lying with Ricky Gervais. I pretty sure I saw that one too, and remember, oh, you would it. love that movie if yeah. you haven't seen it. I mean, I, like it's a world where like God doesn't exist because nobody lies. <laughs> right, right. I'm pretty sure I've seen it. Um, the whole nine yards, I definitely liked. I saw that in the, the theater back in the day. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> listeners. Well, look at that, Steve. I, I brought up two rom-coms you like. Oh, I was going to say, do you consider that a rom-com, dear listeners? Because, uh, I don't know, it's almost like a genre mashup, kind of like My Demon Lover, if you will. Like, I have two that I would say that I don't entirely hate, and this... And this is actually my only sort of watchable Adam Sandler movie is The Wedding Singer, which is ironically like an 80s, you know, throwback movie, uh, Mm -hmm. which at the time was not a lot of people had done that um, for the most part. So that's like my one favorite rom-com and Adam Sandler movie for the most part. And then have you ever heard of I'll Give It? I'll give it a week, I think is what it's called. I'll give it a week. No, I don't think so. It is a um, I think it's British and uh, but it has American actors in it, and basically it is your typical sort of rom-com formula, where the two people either they 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 must have gotten married, but then they they start hating each other, and then they're trying to make it work. And you know the regular sort of um, formula is by the end of the movie, you know they're back together. But I'll just mm-hmm. say that this one turns that the genre on its ear, and it's very sort of uh, sarcastic. And um, if you're a person who hates rom-coms, uh, which I would say I usually am that person, uh, you'll probably like uh, I'll Give It a Week. It was on Amazon Prime for a while. Um, so if you're looking for an anti-rom-com, that would be the one. Um, but uh, yeah, enough about uh, rom-coms. Uh, I'm ready to jump into the walkthrough here uh, whenever you are. Oh, well, he stepped away for a moment, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry about that. <laughs> I, heard, I heard like some weird sounds. I need to make sure the dog isn't getting into anything. Maybe it's the ghost of uh, that uh, the police chief who died. Um, he's like, oh, they're talking about me. Uh, Maybe. All right. Okay, so... This movie begins uh, like a lot of sort of typical rom-com 80s movies uh, with um, there's a lot of uh, sort of a new wave um, 
uh, tracks in here. And I thought that it was like, I don't know, maybe someone like, uh, not Peter Gabriel, but the drummer, the one that everyone. Um, yeah, I thought the same thing. It's, I, I thought, I mean, I knew it wasn't Phil Collins, but yes. it seemed like they were trying to like rip him off or something. Yeah, so I, I checked in the credits who who this band were, or these bands were. And yeah, they're just basically Phil Collins ripoffs. Uh no I one I mean pretty close too like like I mean it sounds a lot like him. Oh yeah, I mean I think it's uh pretty good. I think the music is probably the best thing about this movie. Um but I mean I was just, you know, I feel like I'm into a lot of uh, obscure 80s uh, new wave and not even I had heard of these guys. Um so uh but anyway. So we're basically getting shots of um, downtown uh, New York. Uh, for a second there, I thought I was it was L.A., which they actually did shoot in L.A., but for this um, opening section, they definitely shot in New York. Um, and then the credits start, there's a cartoon-looking demon that looks like it was drawn by, like, a four-year-old. Uh, <laughs> he comes and transforms the uh, Scott Valentine credit into the title of the film of My Demon Lover. Uh, and, uh, and then we get the shots of downtown New York. And, um, at this point <laughs> I was, I was still on board. I was like, oh, this is all very typical sort of wacky eighties comedy, but the movie hadn't even started yet. So, um, we'll just, uh, dive on a little bit more. We see uh, our lead at uh, Denny walking amongst the people of the city, groceries in hand. And, uh, there's a really weird sort of scene here where she's like walking towards us. And then she walks to like the left of camera. And then there's like an extra who's like right there, center frame. And I'm like, is this guy like the lead of the, is this guy like a, uh, a main actor or something? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I did think that that was uh, a little strange. Um, but I mean, I don't, I don't think it was like that bad, but yeah, it was a little weird that it was shot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so then let's see, um, then she goes into another store and, uh, she tries to pet a stray dog, but then the dog steals her bag of donuts. And I guess this is like supposed to be like an opening metaphor for, for Denny's life or whatever. She, oh, yeah. uh, as you're about to find out, she, she dates a lot of really scummy guys and I guess she tries to love them, love them. And they always take advantage of her. Um, so, you know, I guess good on them for trying to have, uh, just an opening image that I guess represents her character arc or whatever. I don't know. Did you, <laughs> did you, I mean, I, I do, I, I, I feel like, um, her character, I don't know. It's like, it's a bit, I didn't think she was very likable, at least at first it gets kind of gets better later on, but they, they went like a little bit too over the top with, uh, making her like this one note kind of character where like oh she just gets she just lets people walk all over her and these men walk all over her and she knows it and she doesn't care and she still tries to like you know get back with the boyfriend that steals her own her tv and <laughs> yeah it, it was it was real weird that's uh, uh, that's why i was a little surprised that a woman wrote this yeah, I mean, I think on paper, a lot of this stuff sounded like it was going to be funny. But as we're about to see, it ain't. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's see. But like her character has uh, no agency. No, 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 no. And I would say that uh, her male counterpart isn't much better. But um, I, I, all the men in this movie are pretty much unlikable. There's, a, uh, there's Fixer only... might be the only one. 
there's only one character at all that I liked. Uh, but uh, we'll uh, we'll see that as we carry yeah, on. Like, like all the men are like constantly trying to rape or sexually harass uh, a woman. <laughs> even even our our hero is yeah. uh, a prolific uh, sexual harasser. Uh, it, you know, it's a good thing he got this curse because otherwise he would have been a rapist for sure. <laughs> it was the eighties. Boys will be boys, right? <laughs> so weird, man. I don't know. I've I've always had a problem with them using like rape as like a, a and like Sakurai as like a joke. Like I don't know. It's such a weird choice. Like right. I don't know. I mean, that was uh the thing at the at the time i mean this is one of those movies that <laughs> it is of the time for sure and not even a, a yeah. good representation of the movies of the time uh but yeah yeah we'll uh i've got all that written down in my notes and we will yeah, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll let you get into it thank you um so denny denny tries to walk up the stairs to her apartment building but some guys knock her down and among them is her boyfriend chip uh, previously mentioned by Yahel. And they are basically robbing her, and uh, they knock her down. They load stuff into a, uh, a creeper van, or since we've already used the word rape, it's a rape van. Let's call it that. Um, <laughs> and she chases after them, saying, "Like, and she says, oh, wait, I, I'm, I'm sick of this. I want to break up. Like, clearly, like, you know. Yeah, she, like, chases after the van. She's like, I don't think this is going to work out, Chip. Right, which, I don't know, like, it sounds like... A lot of this stuff could be funny, but it was just executed so poorly. Maybe not a lot, but some of it could have been funny. But no, was... I, I think you're right. There's a lot of stuff in this movie that I'm like, this is kind of clever. It should be funny, but I'm not laughing. I think we have a, you know, obviously our director here, he had uh, has, has only done four films. Mr. Charlie Loventhal. I love it. It stars... Um, what is it? Greg Valentine, directed by Charlie Loventhal. Like, Greg Valentine, the Hammer Valentine. <laughs> that, that was that, all right. I meant <laughs> to say, uh, well, what's his Scott name? Valentine. Scott Valentine. Right. It stars Greg the Hammer Valentine. He's always doing <laughs> wrestling moves on Wait, people. I wish he was in it. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Because uh, as we're gonna see, yeah, I'd say Greg the Hammer Valentine is more likable than Scott here. But anyway. Scott Valentine, directed by Greg Loventhal. Like, this should be rom-com gold based on last names, but <laughs> it, uh, well, we'll just, uh, we'll just move on. So, uh, anyway, now we're inside Denny's apartment. Denny sits on the floor talking to her friend Sonia. Uh, Sonia wants to call the cops, but Denny says no, because she and Chip have been seeing each other for two months and you can't arrest him because it'll ruin everything. So I guess the idea is that she thinks that Denny's going to come back. Like, why would she even want that? I don't know. Yeah, because she's it's, so desperate. It's weird. Right? Like, yeah, like this guy stole everything. And I guess like, you know, that was the whole his whole gimmick was that he was going to freeload and then steal her shit. And he's a criminal and she's like, doesn't even get it. So. Yeah, not not great. Is that a. <laughs> So in other words, the, the she's he's giving her the Labasca special, right? Well, Labasca won't steal your stuff. <laughs> I know. I'm just. I, I shouldn't even talk about him. I haven't even spoken to him in like probably ten years. Anyway, uh, so he she says that he's just a little angry because she wanted to throw a party, and Sonia's like, "What does he have against like 
birthday parties and and then what's her name is like uh, denny's like oh it was my birthday party and it's like womp womp like she's such a uh i don't know a lady millhouse here you know she just w- yeah, wants yeah. to be loved so bad she'll just take whatever um any any remarks about uh the the sonia and denny exchange here no, other than at this point, I was like, uh, I'm not going to like this guy. <laughs> this is Denny character. Yeah, I don't know. It, uh, yeah, at the beginning, I was kind of like up and down because like I do enjoy of the time, like over the top, like wacky 80s comedies. And I'm like, uh, or, you know, sometimes they're so bad because the comedy is so cringy that it it then is funny. And I'm just like, oh, which way is it going to go? And, uh, right. yeah, uh, I th- yeah, so at this point, I still wasn't sure. Uh, we cut to a uh, subway. Uh, Kaz, our male lead, plays the saxophone to the riders on the subway. How would you describe Kaz's haircut? Uh, it's it, it's a little bit like, uh, like if you gave, if you made a mullet out of, like, Brillo pads... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well said yeah yeah it's weird it's weird because he's homeless right and he doesn't have money for food and stuff but he clearly has like gel or mousse in his hair right right he definitely has like an of the time kind of 80s mullet that, and he, that's why in the 80s you couldn't uh you know give money to uh to panhandlers that they would just go blow it all on la looks yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah and also he's even wearing like uh He's got like the '80s style, with sort of like sports jacket or blazer over his T-shirt. Um, I mean, he mm-hmm. doesn't. He's like, I don't know, uh, trendy homeless, <laughs> I guess. Like, <laughs> um, so yeah. So he's playing the saxophone. Uh, as he plays, he sees an attractive woman, and then his uh, magically his teeth gets pointy and his eyes turn red. So we're getting like a taste of of the curse here. And this was really weird what happens next. So we cut to the outside of the subway. As the subway goes by, there's an attractive woman, another one, and she's waiting for the train. <laughs> it stops, but she doesn't get on. And and then the subway continues on, and she's leaning against like a, a pillar or like support behind her. And as she's falling over, we get like a glimpse of like her face and her face is messed up, but we never get to see like the full front. Yeah. Well, I guess it's supposed to be that she was killed by the mangler. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That must be it. And but at the same uh, time, they're trying to sort of throw a red herring here that I don't know, since um, Denny, I was going to call it since Kaz was on that subway, maybe somehow whatever he's his, the mangler right or his magic or whatever somehow affected this woman um but i actually really liked how this scene was filmed even though it didn't really feel like it made a lot of sense at the time and uh again this is when <laughs> the movie was zigging when i thought it was gonna zag and i thought i uh you know might actually like it um i don't know your your thoughts on that scene no i mean i agree it was weird it didn't really make sense uh like, like it was just unclear like what the point of it was right. what, had, what had happened right so right, right. <laughs> i'm i'm in agreement. so then we cut to uh, sony and denny enter the 
what I think is like the coolest looking thrift store ever, or maybe since it's the eighties, it's an antique store or something. And there's a uh, mm-hmm. ninja swords and all this weaponry up on the wall. Uh, man, like 13 year old me would have been in uh, sword heaven. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> And uh, then Sonia tells uh, Denny to lighten up, like, uh, you got to get rid of that jerk, because I guess she was acting like she was still in the dumps. Um, also, right. Sonia's sister, um, which, I mean, at the time, I didn't think she was ever going to come back into the story. Um, she was working the counter. And then when Sonia and Denny show up, like, she basically uh, leaves. And... Um, Denny says they uh, could have made it work, referring to, you know, her um, relationship with uh, Chip. And then a guy calls for Sonia, um, but she, like, gives the old, you know, I'm not here kind of look. And Denny says she's not available. Um, That is actually the voice of, um, he's like the, I just called him the chief of police. His name was uh, Phil. Yeah, right? Phil? Yeah. Um, jams. <laughs> and um yeah and basically what denny was like oh i wish i could you know do what you do with men and just i guess turn them down left and right and uh sonia is like oh you know you're gonna get hurt if you don't uh, start carrying a gun or something like that um any remarks on that scene um uh, no no i mean uh Again, uh, at at this point, I didn't have high hopes. (laughs) Like this film, like it's weird because it, you can tell it didn't have like a big budget. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I will say it is competently shot for the most part. Um, You know, audio is fine. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I think, you know, you and I were talking earlier about how it's just like, it, there's stuff that should be funny, but isn't. I wonder if it's like because of the pacing, maybe. Yeah, I would maybe. I, I mean, my hypothesis is they didn't have a strong director. And yeah, maybe they kind of lost it in the uh, in the edits, which also, you know, the director is supposed to, you know, control the pace, uh, basically, in, even in the editing room. Um, but uh, we will uh, continue on and see if it uh, supports that theory. So now we are outside on the sidewalk and it's night. Uh, Kaz approaches various uh, women on um, the uh, the sidewalk. He approaches one woman and asks if she remembers him. And he asks, you know, he's like, hey, how about a cup of coffee? As if, you know, to go have a cup of coffee together. She gives him a quarter and walks away. And he's like, well, that's not what I meant. Oh, (laughs) So, you know, (laughs) cheesy, cringy sort of 80s jokes here and there. And then he, like, notices other attractive women on the street. And it was weird, like, between this and the previous scene, I was like, what? What is Scott Valentine doing here? Is he trying to, like, channel, like, Bobcat Goldthwait or something? Um, I don't know. It, it, It was, like, his whole character, especially in the beginning, is very strange and all over the place. Right. And I was like, I was trying to figure out what was going on here because, um, I mean, obviously I've never seen this movie. I was like, is it the idea that he is like always the demon and it's the demon who, you know, just wants to go wild on all these women and he's trying to like hold it back? Um, so like basically, you know, are we supposed to think that it's hilarious that he can't control? And like, and it also doesn't make any sense because later on, 
spoiler alert, like he and Denny sort of start seeing each other and he's like, you know, I can't have sex or make out or do anything. Basically, I can't be aroused by a woman because you might get hurt. But here he is on the sidewalk jumping at anything that uh, anything right. that's female, basically. It just doesn't uh, doesn't make any sense. Uh, and there's right. a lot of then it's like. Yeah, if if and he actually is so concerned about this happening, right? So like, yeah, like you said, it makes no sense. It's like he's, I don't like. I guess he's just really horny and he can't. Help <laughs> See, and you could have pulled that off. Like, you know, he's like walking down the street, and you know, all the women around him are tens, and he's like noticing, and then you get you know shots of his like. I guess it's it would be similar to the shot on the the subway though. And yeah, yeah. Anyway, there's a way they could have made it work. Uh, so now we are at the bar. Sonia says uh, Denny is attracted to scum. Sonia says Denny needs to make changes. And then uh, a guy with glasses who uh, later is revealed to be Chucky. He's like your typical like. All throughout the 80s, this was like the nerd type that was always getting dumped on, unless you're, you know, in the Revenge of the Nerds movies where everything is sort of flip-flopped. And, um, right. like, uh, and he says, uh, it's funny, I can't, he either says, I think he says it to Denny or maybe Sonia, I can't remember, he says, I feel, uh, I feel your yin reaching for my yang, <laughs> which I don't know, I thought was uh, kind of funny. Um, and then Sonia blows him off and... Uh, I don't know. I, at this point, did you? How did you feel about Chucky at this? Did you like? Did you feel bad for him? Did you just roll your eyes because he's pretty much? I a... just kind of rolled my eyes. I, I I didn't think he was going to be so important in the movie either, but right. I, I thought it was just like a bad comedy. Oh, um, it's definitely bad comedy. But the thing that I think is, um, I, I thought it was like, oh, this is, um, you know, typical '80s where, of course, they're gonna like you know, rag on the nerd because that was what was, uh, you know, in vogue at the time. And they do rag on him. Like he like, at one point he really does sort of sincerely ask one of them out, either Sonia or Denny, and they just completely shut him down. <laughs> and I was just like, Oh yeah, typical ladies. That is the way that would go. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, lots of, you know, lots of stereotypes and cliches going on all over the place here. Um, shall we move on? Yeah. So now we're back on the sidewalk. I would say like 70% of this movie is like sidewalk. What's her name's apartment and the bar. <laughs> and then yeah, at the not end, a lot of sets and then the castle. Yes. It all flies off the rails at the end. So, uh, Kaz continues to sexually harass women on the street and then he gets chased by a lady cop. <laughs> Don't worry. She comes back to the movie later. Uh, now we're back on a different section of the sidewalk. Uh, Denny enters her building. Outside, we see like a weird uh, demon claw, and we hear someone getting murdered, but it's off. Uh, that is, but it's off frame. Um, as you said, like actually pretty decent sort of cinematography here. They're kind of like building up to, I guess, more murders or whatever, or more just uh, on screen kind of right i don't know if you want to call it gore but that's sort of what we get later um any other uh remarks nope so now we're back in the police station and phil the chief of police is being interviewed by um reporters about the uh the murders that are being committed throughout the um throughout the city 
And uh, someone says it's like someone in a costume or something. Right. Uh, yeah. One of which is actually important for later. So make sure you pay attention if you're going to watch this movie. He goes into his office where Sonia is waiting. He asks her for dinner, but Sonia blows him off. Um, yeah. All of the, every, again, every man here is trying to uh, get laid. Right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but he did just ask for, for dinner, I guess. Um, but uh, it's yeah, weird. but it's just weird because we, we find out like later that her sister is in the hospital and that's why she's even going there to like try and get that like sorted out. So that's why I'm like, ah, eh, that's maybe not the best time. Sure. Sure. Like the, the thing that if you want to make all the supporting men, you know, pigs or whatever, that's fine. But our problem is, is that our male lead also sucks. <laughs> like, so like who are right, we supposed right. to like here? Like it's, uh, and also at this point I was like, you know, you start seeing, more and more of uh of Sonia and I mean and I think that's perfectly fine because I I would say she's probably one of the more likable characters like in the movie um but I don't know I just think it's weird that she I would say she has equal or more screen time than Denny does what do you think um yeah especially in the second half there's a lot of her I I don't think she has as much as as Denny though Mm. but she yeah she definitely got a lot so uh, now we are at a diner, and uh, this was a weird scene. Um, Denny orders from. There's like a very angry like waitress behind the um, the bar. She's talking on the phone, and then uh, next to her, eating soup, as Yahel said, is the one eight hundred collect guy. Um, and then he just uh, up and dies. And then uh, cut to oh yeah, and that's basically what's going on here is. Denny is trying to get the waiters or the waitress's attention to tell her that this guy is uh, has just choked or had a heart attack or they never really say what happened to him. But um, but no. it's implied that like the food, which is like this gross gray sludge, killed him or mm-hmm. something. But then but then she's eating a sandwich from them later, so <laughs> I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I guess don't get the sludge soup. Uh. <laughs> It's good advice for anyone who ever goes to, like, a diner. Just don't get the sludge soup. So uh, Denny is out, like, on, uh, like, the outside sort of um, roadside eating area. And she watches as they load the guy into the ambulance. Um, And then Kaz just uh, sort of crawls out of the garbage. That's I mean, why would you leave your garbage next to the eating area? But, hey, it's New York. I don't know how they do things there. Um, and, uh, so he comes right up to her and starts like eating her sandwich. And then he ends up spitting it all over her because, uh, she said that it's made out of like, what did she say it was made out of? Fruit something? Yeah. I mean, it was like a bunch of stuff. It was like dried, you know, tomato this, you know, Mm -hmm. like. It, it, it was a bunch of like fruits like that were prepared in strange ways, basically. <laughs> so it's basically like a Beyond Burger, more or less. And, uh, and but worse. Yeah, yeah. And I remember that was like a, I don't know, a trend in the '80s. Is I guess that kind of stuff. Um, so maybe that's what they're trying to make a little joke about here. And uh, and yeah, I mean this whole scene just makes uh Kaz even like less likable and like my yeah. question my question all right so we see I should probably wait 
till we get there. But we are, we see the origin of Kaz basically and how he gets cursed. Like, why wasn't he able to have a regular job and like a place of residence? Yeah, why? we never find out like why he's homeless. Uh, you know, it, it, it's almost like I guess we're supposed to think it ha- he's homeless because of his curse, but. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. No, no, it doesn't. Like, he uh, is perfectly capable of having a real... I mean, was was being, like, a homeless saxophone player, like, a turn-on back then? <laughs> if, if Maybe. You're, if you're a woman who dated men in the 80s, let us know in the comments. <laughs> uh, or even now. Do homeless musicians turn you on? Uh, let us know in the comments. So Denny leaves, but Kaz follows her. Kaz offers to pay for spitting the sandwich all over her dress, which how could he? Like, how does he? I mean, I guess he has money from playing the saxophone. Um, She refuses. He follows her all the way to her home, which, I mean, yes, let's call it what it is, ladies and gentlemen, stalking. (laughs) He he stalks her all the way (laughs) to her apartment. Uh, And then... Gosh, it gets so uh, cringy here. He he pretends to be sick, so Denny will, like, he like he's like, oh, I need you to pick me up. She like grabs him from behind, and then he steals a kiss. Like, how are we supposed to root yeah. for this guy? He's a sleazebag. Yeah. He makes Zach yeah, Morris. Yeah, this guy's awful. Yeah, he makes Zach Morris look like the Dalai Lama or something. <laughs> 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 Um, so yeah, at this point I was like, and, and just a lot of his choices as an actor. Um, I mean, again, I just wonder how much direction he got from Mr. Loventhal. He was just sort of doing whatever I guess he thought was funny or something, but yeah, it ain't funny. It's, uh, <laughs> quite disturbing actually. Um, uh, any more remarks? No, no, no. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I, this guy, this guy sucks, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's okay. It would be okay if he sucked, uh, like in some ways, like, okay, maybe he was a dishonest guy or a thief or whatever, but you can't have him be all those things. And also like sexually, casually, sexually assault women. Like, like it's too much. Right. <laughs> it's right. Too much. Like if you could blame that, kind of behavior like on the demon like that see that's what i thought they were going for the like at first he would be like this beetlejuice-esque kind of over the top like uh character and then she would have to teach him like uh but i mean you know obviously denny is not the character to do that like me maybe sonia would be like right they would have to teach him you know no that's not how you you treat women and then eventually he gets the demon or the curse gone and then they can have a relationship but uh no, it didn't go that way. Not only does nope. he have a demon, he's also a Zach Morris-esque sexual predator. Uh, <laughs> and um, he ends up grabbing her and then gets sexually, like, a, I, I think around the waist or something. He gets sexually aroused. His voice changes and becomes that typical cliche demon, like deep demon voice. Um, right. Which anyone with Adobe Audition or Logic can make at home. <laughs> Uh, and then I'm sure he, that's what they did. <laughs> yeah, right. And then he runs away. So once again, Denny returns home, and Chip, her ex-boyfriend, is waiting for her. He says she called the cops, um, but then she's like, no, 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 I didn't. Um, and uh, then she runs outside. He, had, she had, he attempts to, wait, she attempts to punch Kaz. Wait, no, all right, hold on. She tries to run away. He attempts to punch her. 
he being Chip, but Kaz, in demon form, saves her. Uh, she faints, and he brings her inside, but when she comes to, Kaz is normal again. Comments. <laughs> Oh, none. Uh, I, I was at this point curious if they were going to show like his transformation happen. Um, like, you know, like Wolf, uh, like that, like we're Team Werewolf. Sure. Style, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Werewolf. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I had a feeling with we, we weren't going to quite have the budget for it. Though I will say some of the makeup does look better than I thought it would. Mm hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I was definitely waiting for that as well. Um, you can. <laughs> I would say most of their budget went into, yeah, probably makeup effects and then the stuff that happens at the end. Um, because, yeah, all of our time is spent, as I said before, at Denny's apartment, at the bar, and then on, like, street side locations or whatever, over and over yeah. again. Rinse, repeat. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so Kaz is normal again. Denny's says she wants someone to take care of and for someone to take care of her. And then it starts to rain. Uh, so Kaz asks to sleep on her couch. So she takes like a long look at the rain and, uh, and then yeah, cut to, yeah, he ends up sleeping on the couch, um, basically. And it's weird because, uh, basically I would say one of the big flaws of this movie is that their motivation just sort and emotions kind of just magically change on a whim because mm -hmm. before we saw Denny completely, rebuffing Kaz's advances. Ooh, ooh, get away from me. But then when she comes to in her apartment and he's there in normal form, she's completely okay with it. So is the idea that you just have to save someone and then they'll automatically want to sleep with you? Is that, is that what they're saying here? I guess. I mean, <laughs> apparently, and I guess it's somewhat in line with her character, right? Cause earlier we saw that she was still trying to like, thinking like she could work it work something out with her boyfriend that literally stole all her furniture and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, it was just weird. It doesn't make any sense. Again, it makes Denny look bad. Mm -hmm. Um, they're both look terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, then we get a time lapse. Kaz wakes up in the morning. Um, sees, Oh wait, no, actually it's weird. Kaz kind of, He's either trying to go to sleep or he does. Then he wakes up and sees that Denny is in her nightie. He gets aroused and turns into a demon. But like Denny has already like left and went back to her room. And then he escapes through the window. Now it's morning. Denny uh, wakes up um, Kaz with breakfast. I think there's like some bad slapstick here where he like wakes up and like knocks the toast out of her hands or something. It's yeah, not funny in the slightest. Um, Kaz tells Denny um, he can't have or even think about sex and he has to go. Denny asks him to stay longer because she likes his company. Just, you know, like I said, magically it just flip flop from, yeah. from day to night and they'll, they'll just be friends. And I guess, I guess she's a, uh, you know, just a habitual uh, dater or something or needs to be mm -hmm. constantly in a relationship. I don't know, man. It, it's weird. It is weird. And uh, Kaz says he has never had a relationship before, which, um, I mean, I guess makes sense, but it's also weird. So from all the way from his origin when he was, I don't know, I guess 15 or 16, since he's been cursed, 
He's never been able to have a relationship and or hold down a job, which I guess is what we're supposed to Maybe believe. working makes him uh, sexually aroused. <laughs> He's a, a work sexual, uh, if you will. All see. he could get. Please, please don't kink shame. <laughs> all, all he could get were jobs in um, sex shops, basically. They were the only ones yeah. hiring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then we get your very atypical cliche 80s montage. Kaz and Denny basically hanging out throughout the day. They they go to a park. They feed each other ice cream. This kind of montage has been done a zillion times in uh, mm-hmm. 80s and 90s movies. And they basically end up spending the whole day together. So, of course, they must be falling in love with one another. Um, you know it. And then they follow up that happy montage with a hospital scene. Sonia sits next to her sister who was beat up in the hospital bed. And um, I guess the implication is that she escaped from the mangler. Um, That guy, Phil, the chief of police is there and is asking if she saw anything. And uh, there was like a moment here where um, Phil... He had like a close up, I guess when he was asking if she saw anything and with his glasses and the way his angle or his, his uh, the shot was angled, I was getting big time uh, Douglas uh, vibes from him. Oh, you... yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can see that. Like like Douglas's father or something. Yeah, yeah. And Douglas, Douglas or whoever is, uh, he's from a dark place. Garth Marini's dark place. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Also, we covered it uh, just to let you know. So, yeah, fantastic show. Yes, 100%. Uh, sister says uh, she basically sort of goes into a trance and was like, oh, he was an animal, an animal, and like freaks out. And at the same time, Sonia, uh, I guess through the power of the fact that she's uh, uh, Latina or something, sees... Yes, uh, uh, as a Hispanic, I can tell you, they're all psychics, Steve. <laughs> Well, and uh, she sort of sees like the person who attacked her somehow. It's all very vague. They don't really explain it. And uh, she, but she tries to explain it uh, to Phil, but he like doesn't understand. So she just leaves. And now we're in a phone booth. Um, Chuck calls Denny for a date. And now we uh, cut to Denny and Kaz. They walked sort of the same streets as before. Um, Kaz approaches the um, same street merchant. As we know, he's called the Fixer. Um, Mm -hmm. And I forgot to even cover, because I didn't even think it was significant. At the beginning of the film, when we see Kaz um, sexually harassing multiple women, he runs in uh, to to the Fixer, who's basically, I don't know, I feel like this would be a role that Morgan Freeman would have played if they had the money to afford Morgan Freeman. He's like your sort of mystical kind of African-American guy who's like selling yeah. tonics and stuff on the side of the of the road. And um, he sort of uh, hints, uh, and this is again at the beginning, that Kaz has some sort of like curse or something. And he's like... Uh, like, what? I don't understand. And, yeah, they just sort of have a brief interaction. But, anyway, he comes back here, and the merchant, or the fixer, says he could make him something to fix the curse. And then the fixer says, let's see how you got the curse. And then he's got, like, a, your sort of typical, it's like luggage, but on the inside is a display that displays all of his tonics. He, like, flips it around, and there's a weird sort of jewel, and they gaze into it. 
and well, uh, it, it's a doorknob. So yeah, like like <laughs> he opens this thing up, and it's like a it's like a crystal doorknob, and he makes and fixer makes some joke about like oh you know um, <clears throat> glass balls or whatever. What do you what do you call the thing that they look into? Crystal Psychics, ball. The, crystal ball. Crystal ball. Thank you. I knew it was a glass ball. He's like, oh hey, sorry, crystal balls are expensive these days. So yeah, so they instead of a crystal ball, they look at the through the crystal doorknob. And again, like I can see how on paper this might be funny, but for mm-hmm. some reason the way it's executed, it just wasn't. And I don't know if it's because at this point I'm so annoyed by the characters that I couldn't <laughs> enjoy the the legitimately well written funny moments. Right. But yeah, it didn't do anything for me. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um, so. Yeah, and then basically we get a flashback of a young Kaz, and then a young girl is basically like, hey, let's go make out. And then they go uh, make out on the couch, and then they make a a point to mention that her Romanian grandma sees them, and basically, you know, since she's from Romania, where I guess Dracula is also from or something. uh, I guess so. so. No, no, Dracula's from New York. That's why he left his castle there. Yeah, right. Uh, so she's, she's obviously from the old country, so she knows all these magical curses and stuff. And so that's when she, uh, curses Kaz. And then Fixer says that she, he's like, oh, she put the devil in you. And then shows like, um, points at a weird scar on, um, Kaz's belly. And this part, I chuckled a little bit. Some passers-by basically see Fixer looking into Kaz's crotch, and then he looks up and he's like, "Can't you see that I'm busy?" And uh, yeah, like that part made me chuckle a little bit. I will admit. Um, All right. So, what well, you didn't me. laugh? No, I didn't laugh at that. But I mean, it, there's some, there's actually like something that becomes a small reoccurring joke at the end of the movie mm-hmm. that I did laugh every time they did it. All right. Well, I'll be interested uh, when we get there. So he tells Kaz um, that, uh, you know, not to let anyone stick him with something there. I mean, you shouldn't stick anything into your stomach. But, uh, yeah, he tells him not to let anyone stab him through his scar. And that's important for later. He uh, tells him that Kaz has to do something noble to get rid of the devil. And then the devil will jump out of him. And then Denny says, um, okay, so cut to Denny and Kaz. They're walking. Everything's good. Denny says that she's never felt so close to someone. And then they hug. And now it's the next day. Denny comes home to find that Cass has decorated the apartment for her for her birthday, which, uh, I mean, it's it's a decent callback to earlier when she said she wanted to throw her own birthday party. And here Denny is picking up the slack. But at the same time, if you don't want this woman to be sexually attracted to you why are you doing all this boyfriend stuff for her you know right Um, well i guess it's supposed to be because he likes her or whatever but right where does he think this is gonna go yeah exactly so and and the thing that i like most (laughs) is that as we're about to see like denny is not worried about her own safety one bit she just keeps going after him, no matter how many warnings he gives. So once again, like the character motivations are flip-flop because before Kaz was the one who like basically was pursuing Denny. And then later Denny, uh, when he starts going after her, he's like, Oh no, no, I can't because he might get hurt. And in in the end, it all makes no sense. (laughs) 
Yeah, uh, I, I guess Denny just assumed that, uh, you know, he, he just wanted to uh, harass her and make her day a little worse. You know, uh, <laughs> she was just like, all boys will be boys. It's 1987. What a hero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So after the birthday party, Denny asked Kaz to stay the whole night, this time not on the couch. Uh, he mm-hmm. gives her a TV as a gift. Um, she asked, which is her TV that yeah. got stolen earlier. <laughs> right. She's like, did you steal it back from, from chip? And he's like, no, no, I paid for it again. Like, I mean, how much money are you making as a street musician in 1987 in New York? Um, well, no, he does say that he paid with it, um, with, uh, like a stolen credit card, which is something he had said earlier when he, cause after, remember earlier in the movie when they first meet and he messes up her dress by spitting up the burger. Mm-hmm. He says that he'll pay for it. And he's like, I'll write you a check. But, and he says that it's like some doctor's checkbook that he stole from and uh, an American express that he stole from anyways. And he tells her here that he paid with it with a visa, but he can't remember whose. Right. Right. And I, I almost wonder, it's like, was the idea in the script that like, uh, Kaz was just such a scoundrel and then like Denny like made him better over time, but that just sort of got lost in translation. I think that's supposed to be what happens, but yeah, like you said, it, it does, it, it does get kind of lost in translation because, mm-hmm. because she never talks to him about like, Hey, you shouldn't steal, you know, you're a talented musician. You don't have to do that. There's never like that kind of discussion. Yeah. They there, never, there's really no discussion about, any of the terrible things he likes to do. No, like they never like build each other up. Like for the most part, the only person who tries to build people up, like Sonia tries to build Denny up at the beginning, but, uh, old Kaz, he just gets to be whatever he wants because he's a man and it's 1987. (laughs) I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Um, so Denny kisses him. And again, she obviously doesn't care about her safety. Um, or maybe she thinks that uh, Kaz is lying because he does say at, towards mm. the beginning that he is a liar. Uh, Denny kisses him. They make their way to the couch. Kaz starts to transform. And then uh, Denny finds him in the shower trying to cool off. And Denny joins him. And I guess this is supposed to be like, how wacky. They're both wearing their clothes in the shower Ooh. and the water is on. <laughs> and they're talking to each other. Um, yes, but it just ends up being pretty lame. Uh, Kaz tells Denny about his curse. Like he basically lays it all out for her and then she gets really angry, thinks it's all a joke. Um, and then it ends with basically Kaz daring her to kiss him. So he'll change. So she does. Then they go to the bedroom and he still hasn't changed yet. Then they get a little more hot and heavy. And then Kaz changes into, I was just like, uh, all right, I want to know what do you <laughs> think that he changes into? I don't. It's weird because he just changes into kind of like, like a. You know what he looks like? He looks like uh, the chubby troll or goblin from Troll Two. Oh yeah, that's that's good. I put like Uncle Fester basically because. Okay, I can see that too. Yeah, yeah. he basically becomes bald and has like a. Uh, a big gut. So you could really just say he turned like middle age, like sixties or something. Yeah. Like it really isn't too impressive. I, I mean, I guess they're trying to lead up to his full demon transformation. But when I saw mm-hmm. that, I was like, 
what is this? So we turned old? Like, it just didn't, uh, it was a weird choice, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, And also, I mean, it was clear that at least those makeup parts were like, just seemed like cheap paper mache almost, or latex, probably. Mm -hmm. So Denny, I guess, again, this should be funny, but it isn't. She tries to throw a cup of water on him to get him to change back, and then... He doesn't, and then Kaz starts acting like a dog for some reason, and then he escapes out the window. Um, what did you think of Kaz acting like a dog? Like, what What the heck? Why was he doing this? <laughs> uh, it was very confusing. I didn't really see the... I don't know. I, I guess because she had mentioned a dog earlier? I don't know. I just wonder if, like... Uh, if the direct, I I feel like Scott Valentine was like, "Hey, how am I supposed to act? Like, is this weird, like you know, sort of demon thing?" And the director was just like, "Oh, just go with it, just improv, like whatever you feel like doing, just do." And uh, maybe this is what we ended up with. <laughs> I could see that. I could so see that. Uh, cut to Sonia once again is at the police station. She goes in the chief's office and says she saw the devil in her mind. Uh, but he just looks like everybody else, so she can't really identify him. And then she, he literally laughs at her, and it feels it's like the fakest ADR laugh I ever heard because they were like filming him mm-hmm. from behind. Um, so I guess they really, literally wanted him to laugh in Sonia's face. Which I don't know if you're trying to, you know, date this woman. I don't think like laughing at her theories is the way to do that. But, I, I agree. Seems like an odd way to go about it. Mm-hmm. It was just, I mean, all you have to do is, oh yes, uh, please tell me more. All right, we're looking into it now. Shall we? Uh, shall we go to Steak and Shake? <laughs> uh, discuss it more there, perhaps. Um, so uh, cut to uh, Denny sits alone in the park where she and Kaz hung out before, but it's all sullen and sad this time. She thinks she's, she's... watching like another couple. Yes. Probably. She's yes. watching another couple's montage. <laughs> I, I mean, God, I, yeah, she is. Oh <laughs> Basically, God. like they're literally doing the exact same thing. It that, is. Uh... And see, that could be really funny if they would have like leaned into that and made it obvious, like the same music could have been playing. She could have been like, hey, that's our song. But uh, I don't think they put that kind of thought into this movie. Um, so uh, she thinks she sees uh, Denny digging into the trash. And so she goes up to approach him, but it's just a regular hobo, not our saxophone playing um, Kaz. And see, at this point... Womp, womp. Yeah. At this point... Um, so, yeah, he left, but I guess, but no, she was uh, freaked out by him as, a, you know, the bald, you know, dad bod demon, but yet yeah, yeah, she still wants him back? Like, it's, it's really That's, confusing. It is. It really is. And I, I guess the, yeah, I don't even know what the idea behind that was. Maybe that she was just initially hysterical, but she now she's got her wits about her, but. Yeah, she's like, oh, I didn't believe you could transform but you did it, and now we just have to find a way to deal with it. I mean, I guess if that's what you're, what's going on in your head, canon for my demon lover, then uh, yes, so we can't we can't tell you no. Um, so Denny once again returns home, and basically Kaz comes in right behind her, 
Then he says she's been looking all over for him. And then now cut to the same bar that we've already seen several times. Denny says that she wants Kaz to come back home. Kaz says he thinks that he's the mangler. And then once again, like, it's like no one in here is empathetic about anything. Denny laughs at him. It's like, ha, you think you're a murderer? That's hilarious. <laughs> um, and uh, because, again, I mean, Denny just, had, just doesn't care what happens to her as long as she gets a little action. Um, right. And, uh, and then she ends up kissing him. And then at the same time, Chucky is talking to Sonia. Um, Denny tells Kaz if uh, she changes, she'll just leave. That way she won't be in any danger. I guess it's a way to continue her relate their relationship. And then Sonia and Chuck join Kaz and Denny. And, uh, and then Sonia sees uh, Kaz's uh, demonic eyes. Uh, again, I could only assume through the power of uh, the the old country or something. The power of J-Lo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she had that movie, right? Angel Eyes or something like that. Oh, man. You know, that's the only movie I've ever walked out of. Oh, wow. I've never I've never seen it. Yeah, she was in a lot of stinkers for a while there. Um, so, yeah, she freaks out and basically leaves, and now they're back at the thrift store. And then Sonia picks one of the crazy weapons off the wall this like over the top kind of dagger looking thing that you know guys who play D probably just have on their wall just because <laughs> um <laughs> like where how does sonia know which knife to take you hell how does what's what's going on here uh, you got me buddy <laughs> uh but uh you know I, I guess she's an expert in these things uh being Latina, maybe Univision ran a uh, special about it. I I, I don't know. <laughs> so uh, so yeah. So she takes the crazy crazy knife off the wall. And now we're at Denny's home. Denny and Kaz enter. Denny tries once again to make out with him, but Kaz says he can't and sits on the couch. They make out anyway. Kaz transforms. He different this time. This time yeah. he has. Well, I, I guess the first time he didn't finish, I guess, is the idea. <laughs> well, no, no, I mean, like, he didn't finish transforming. I mean, oh, Steven, oh, oh. Please get your mind out of the gutter. People, so. people, no, no, people, no. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess. Um, and so, yeah, this time he's in uh, full on demon form. Uh, but though I don't think they show his wings, which come out later, but they continue making out. And then all the stuff in Denny's apartment starts to like levitate and move around. Why, you hell? Why? I don't know. I, I guess because I, I guess that's part of the transformation process. Uh, for reasons. But is this I supposed to be funny or scary? What? Uh, both, maybe. <laughs> Adam. Do you think people in 1987 were like, whoa, they're moving stuff around, just like in that Poltergeist movie? I'm impressed. <laughs> maybe, maybe. So uh, Kaz, all right, so before we saw him acting like a dog, at this point, all right, again, he's in full demon regalia. He starts acting like a bull, and he runs head first, or should I say horns first, into a brick wall that's in the apartment, his head gets depressed, like Looney Tunes style, and then he pulls it out. And I meant to research this to find out who that guy is, 
but he pulls out a new head and he looks suspiciously like Jim Carrey. Yeah, like Jim Carrey from Dumb and Dumber. It was so weird. It was weird. <laughs> so weird. Uh, you know, I was like, is that Jim Carrey or, or Matt Frewer from um, Generation <laughs> Generation X fame, uh, which we also covered? But uh, yeah, it was uh, really bizarre. And uh, then they um, do another transformation, and he turns into an old woman for some reason who begins yelling at Denny. Um, is it supposed to be Denny's mom or aunt or something who died? Like, I don't even remember them mentioning who that old lady was that he turned into. I think it's supposed to be her mom. Okay. So she's yelling at Denny and then Denny gets fed up with her mom and tries to slap her. But, uh, upon impact, uh, the old lady's head bursts and there's like slime and like uh, you know Cthulhu type like tentacles inside. <laughs> yeah. It's like the thing was in there or something. And um, basically, the body sort of falls down. Tentacles are like flowing out and stuff. And I have to admit, uh, I kind of like this part. Uh, what say you? Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, the special effects looked pretty good. I thought. Um, especially like when they did the gym, you know, pulling the head into Jim Carrey or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised with the effects, uh, in this, in this part for sure. Yeah. Um, I really, uh, dug it. It, uh, the tentacle parts reminded me of the thing. John Carpenter's the thing. Um, <laughs> I might have to like cut that scene out and throw it up on TikTok because more people need to know about it. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, I agree. I agree. It's a fun scene. Yeah. So uh, Sonia then arrives um, at Chuck outside of um, Denny's, basically with Chuck. Um, yeah, they had previously met up at a bar, and for some reason, Sonia didn't immediately rebuff him. I guess she like felt sorry for him or something. Um, Kaz then reverts to normal. Then Sonia calls Denny from a phone booth. I love there's two phone booth scenes in here, which totally dates the movie. I love it. Mm -hmm. um, he tells her, she tells her that, um, maybe you can clear some of this up for me. Cause it sounds like she said, I have to come over right away. And of course, uh, Denny is like, okay, no problem. Denny then tells Kaz that she has to go. So, is it just that she has to no, go? No, no, no. So, Sonia, Sonia told uh, Denny to, to come to her, to Sonia's place. Oh, oh, okay. All right. I was watching this pretty late at night while people in the other room were sleeping. So maybe it's I was watching low. this while uh, doing my cardio today. So I was focused <laughs> and lasered in. Nice. Uh, so, all right. So Denny sneaks or sh she leaves to go meet Sonia. Meanwhile, Sonia sneaks up the fire escape with the dagger in hand, waits for Denny to leave. Then she uh, illegally enters the apartment with the dagger. Denny runs into Chuck and Chuck says he's supposed to like pick her up. And Denny's like, Oh, Oh, excuse me. I'll just take a cab or something like that. But Chuck's like, no, you won't, and grabs her with, like, a demon hand. And uh, cut to Sonia confronts Kaz, who now looks like Polly Shore on meth, uh, but then reverts to normal. Do you know what I'm talking about, this transformation that he did? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I, yeah, I didn't get it either. Yeah, he looked like a dirt rocker, <laughs> like the ones from 
in my high school, basically. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think I'm wondering, again, like the direction here. If they just think it would be just funny and wacky if he could turn into all these different faces. But I, that I must be it. I don't think Valentine has the range to like <laughs> to do it, basically. Uh, How dare you? Yeah. Uh, well, hey, I didn't know you were such a Valentine fan. Um, but uh, <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, so Kaz, basically he escapes from Sonia, who's trying to like stab him with his dagger via the fire escape. And as he gets out on the fire escape, he sees Chuck loading Denny into his car. He and Sonia fall on top of the car. And then Ch- Chuck, at the time... Chuck drives away, uh, and I put for some reason because I'm like, where is he gonna go? What's what's the point of all this? And I mean, really, I don't think we ever get an um, an explanation as to exactly. No, I, I don't think what Chuck think was we do doing, either. but um, but yeah. So basically, you get your sort of typical wacky '80s kind of car chase here. Um, Sonia is trying to stab. A Kaz, and they are on the outside of the car as um, Chuck drives the car with Denny in the back. <laughs> I think I got it all there. Um, what, and then, of course, there's a police car who tries to get involved. So, yeah, you got your typical, you know, cut to the chase kind of chase here. Um, mm-hmm. The police car wrecks, and then they well, end up crashing. I, 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 was, I was just going to say that. Uh, sorry to cut you off, Steve. But- okay. So for the chase scene, did do you think they did a blue screen or a screen projection? Because it looked surprisingly decent. Yeah, well, but I was watching it on my phone, so you know, <laughs> wow. maybe I. How I dare see. you? Oops, I was running on a treadmill. You're so supposed to give uh, yeah. my demon lover the same respect you would give Casablanca or 2001: a Space Odyssey by watching it on the biggest screen possible. I apologize. Possible. Um, yeah, uh, John Loventhal or whoever the director is is spinning in his grave if he were dead. But anyway, um, yeah, the green screen, I could definitely tell it was one, but I would say for the time looks decent. Um, like the, the scenes where Sonia is trying to stab uh, Kaz is a clearly green screen or rear projection. Yeah. Um, and then you could also tell when they would cut to the live stuff and there was a stunt man, uh, in place of Sonia, um, but, uh, but yeah, all in all, not a bad chase scene. Like, I guess they really knew where to sink their money when this movie is, uh, when this movie was being made. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they crash into this, uh, what I thought was like a pond, <laughs> but it, it really turns out to be, uh, what do you call that watery area around the castle? It had a name. A moat? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and so the, they crash into what ends up being a moat. Sonia ends up cutting Kaz, but he doesn't die, thus proving to Sonia that he's not the Mangler. So how does Sonia know that the Mangler is also a demon? Because at this point, I was like, you know, I, I had a sneaking suspicion that the Mangler was also a demon, but I wasn't 100% sure until a little bit later. How does uh, how does Sonia magic- magically know? I, like- I, well, I guess she runs that shop, right? So she just knows mm-hmm. these things, right? Because she's into the occult or whatever. I guess, I guess. they didn't really uh, they didn't really hammer that home too well. I would say, like yeah. if they would have like uh. gothed her up, I mean, that would have been hot. 
<laughs> basically. Oh. But uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, Sonia's an attractive woman. I mean, I think it's safe to say that, right? <laughs> then they just magically noticed that on the other side of this, what I thought was a pond that they crashed into is a massive castle. Uh, did you know that there's a just a castle in the middle of New York somewhere? Yeah, who knew? Um, it's <laughs> yeah, huge. Yeah, really cool. I'm, I'm going to go check it out next time I'm there. Um, yeah, this isn't like a medieval time size place. This is like a... Full uh, on. You know, castle Yeah, castle yeah, yeah. Place. I had no idea. I mean, but who knew? Uh, so they uh, Chuck takes Denny into the castle. Then uh, Chuck further ushers Denny up some stairs and then he shows her his rat and some dynamite for some reason. Now, at this point, what did you think was going on with Chuck, at least as far as being the mangler? Like, I, at this point, I thought he was just, like, a really deranged serial killer. Like, I didn't know he was what's going to end up happening to him. Like, what did, what were you thinking? I mean, I, I figured that he was going to be the, uh, the mangler. Like, once he started being shown more and more... And, you know, we saw how he, how upset he was when he met uh, Kaz as the mm -hmm. boyfriend. I was like, oh, this guy's going to be. But did you think the mangler was going to be the another demon or did you think he was just going to be a serial killer? Oh, yeah, yeah. I figured he was. Gonna oh, be a well, demon. you're smarter than me. Uh, well, because earlier uh, we had seen that it was like a demon that attacked Sonya's sister. So we already knew it was right. a demon. And we knew, and at this point, and we already know it's not Kaz. Right, right, right. So, uh, I, I, maybe this movie is just a little too <laughs> too smart for you, Steve. All these years of watching uh, experimental cinema, and uh, I've, I've, I've just, I'm just going to throw it away. I'm just too dumb, too dumb for it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Denny hangs out of the window and like yells out to Kaz and the cops, and they all see her. And he tell, and then um, Chuck he tells him to stay back or he'll slit her throat. Sonia tells Kaz to change. Like you're the only one who can like do this. Even though there's like an entire squad of police with guns who could easily storm. I mean, I guess they're locked out at this point, but you know, in time they could easily storm the castle and do what needs to be done. Yeah. But uh, but whatever. Here we are. This is my demon lover. And uh, anyway, Sonia tells Kaz to change, but he says he can't without sexual stimulation. So Sonia has uh, no problem with like getting them all revved up, and they pretty much just have sex over in the woods. Uh, and he transforms and very clunkily flies up to the castle. Uh, what do you think of that? There, the best friend gets to have sex with the so-called like. Yeah, the best friend like doesn't care that like there's no discussion of oh I can't I couldn't do this to my best friend and blah blah blah. It's like she actually says to him once he explains like he needs to have sex. He goes oh well good lucky you you just hit the mother load because I guess she's like horny all the time. <laughs> Remember that? I do like, I do I mean and I mean honestly I mean I think he uh, he did I mean he came out on top with that one I mean. <laughs> afterwards why even bother with denny i mean i think <laughs> right i i thought that i thought i almost thought like what was going to end up happening for a second is that like she was denny was going to end up with the mangler 
you know, because she was gonna, I thought he was gonna console her, and of course she would end oh, up with that would have been killer. interesting. That would have been way more interesting than what happens. But uh, but yeah, the best friend in this rom com basically yeah has sex with the you know the lead girl's uh, boyfriend, our male lead basically, and it's all completely consensual. But remember, you hell. A woman's life is at stake here. He needed to transform so he could save her because all those heavily armed right, cops right. like just couldn't get the job done. Um, so it's okay. That makes it okay, I guess. I mean, Den- uh, Denny seems to be okay with it, as we're about to see. Um, so um, Chuck and... Well, Denny gets mad at first when she sees that they're like getting on, but she doesn't get mad at well, him. She gets, yeah. she gets mad at her says. She goes, you're supposed to be my best friend. I mean, she should be mad yeah, at both. Oh, you know, but... Absolutely. But at the same time, I was like, I would, if I was in Denny's place, I'd be like, well, my friends are trying to save my life, so they have to do what they have to do, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I could understand if she came to that realization mm-hmm. at some point. But uh, yeah, anyway. anyway. So um, Kaz and Denny argue while, um, oh yeah. So like I said, Kaz, with his little tiny wings, very clunkily flies up to the top of the um, the castle. Then Kaz and Denny argue basically about the whole having sex with Sonia thing, while Chuck attempts to light his dynamite with a lighter. Now, uh, previously, they teased a, a sniper showed up. I mean, why not a whole SWAT team? I guess they couldn't afford that. They bring a sniper up, and he shoots at Chuck. Oh. What's up? Sorry. So this is uh, when the police arrive at the uh, castle. This is when they start doing the reoccurring joke I like, which is like that one cop that kept telling uh, the detective what was happening, even though it was very mm-hmm. obvious. So like they get there, they try to open the, the castle door and it's locked. And then he just, you know, they try and then he just turns to him and goes, uh, the door's locked. <laughs> <laughs> just the way he like says it. And then like you said, the SWAT team shows up and it's very clear the SWAT team is there. There's like a bunch of them there. They walk up to the detective and then the cop again goes, Chief, uh, the SWAT team is here. <laughs> and, uh, See? And then there's another one where... No, no, continue. Then there's, there's another one where like the battering ram comes in and the battering ram hits the door. It After it hits the door, he goes, turns to the chief. Chief, the battering ram is here. <laughs> See, that that is a funny <laughs> Naked Gun-esque bit. Um, yeah, and If yeah, they would have yeah. done more stuff like that, this actually could have worked out a lot better. This movie, that is. Um, so, anyway, Kaz, Denny, and Chuck are all up on the roof. Uh, the sniper shoots at Chuck and miss, basically misses him, but he shoots the dynamite, uh, and it makes it uh, fall into Kaz's hands. Kaz then throws the dynamite away, blowing up some police cars. And I guess that is supposed to be his, like, noble act that, like, breaks the curse, kind of. Well, that and what's about to happen. Well, his noble act is that he, like, risked his life sure. to, like, beat. Yeah. And Chuck very casually lifts Denny up over his shoulder and then basically moves him to a different part of the roof. Uh, of the, roof. the cops storm the castle. Chuck takes... Uh, yeah, I already put that. All right, so Kaz confronts Chuck. Chuck uses his super breath to blow Kaz away in a very sort of 70s Christopher Reeve Superman kind of way. Chuck then, he like blows on his like thumb like this. 
and his like cheeks get really big a la um, showdown, wait, Big Trouble in Little China. And he ends up turning himself into a full-on demon because that's who he was the whole time. And then he shoots magic at, uh, at Kaz. Um, demon Chuck then tries to kiss Denny. Uh, Kaz has then reverted back to full-on normal. And even at this point, Sonia is still trying to get him to, to change by yelling that she's not wearing any underwear. <laughs> what a... <laughs> she's a keeper, I swear. Anyway... Uh, the, the merchant, um, I forgot to mention that. So before when they were having the police chase, uh, the police car that was chasing, uh, Chuck and everybody else, um, in the other car was arresting the fixer, um, for some reason. So that's how he's able to show up here at the end. The fixer throws Denny, um, the crazy knife that, um, that Sonia had gotten off the wall from the thrift store. And, uh, just in order to make a a long story short, he ends up stabbing him, but not after, you know, a lot of back and forth. And it's weird though. Is this by imagination or does Kaz pretty much spend the whole fight just sort of going and not really doing anything? Yeah, no, I, I agree. He's just like, you know, the guy does like the Superman super breath to him and he like, it's like, oh, you know, yeah, it's uh, not very, yeah, it's exciting. not much of a fight basically. Um, but it ends with him uh, stabbing Chuck like through his, he's got like a, a mark kind of like what a Kaz has on his belly he ends up stabbing him right through it. Then Chuck explodes and evil, like the evil spirits, like obviously animated, like come out of his body. It's very like Highlander one. Um, But uh, I don't know. I I enjoyed the special effects of act three here. How about yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I like them too. I mean, they definitely like, you know, they, they they don't hold up, but they've got that like 80s charm to them. And I will say that I enjoy the third act here much more than the rest of the movie basically just because everything had flown off the rails um and uh i guess because all the character work was done at this point and that's where they suffered the most is the characters uh at least our leads because they were completely unlikable um but uh let me sum up here uh so kaz reverts to normal and for some reason he's wearing a really lame suit jacket was that supposed to be like a, a prom jacket or something I don't know. Like I, I, yeah, it's like a weird, like vel- crushed velvet tuxedo. It looks or like something. something a, um, a valet would wear or something. Um, yeah, yeah. So Kaz then realizes his scar is gone and he's like, oh, oh, uh, you know what that means? Then he starts kissing Denny and then the fixer also sort of, sort of shows up at the end and he too turns into a demon and then chases after the lady cop. <laughs> boys will be boys. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> then at the very end, Denny and Kaz return to her apartment. And I do like the way they sort of shoot this. They shoot it through the windows. Basically, they pull down the, the blinds and then start kissing. And then that is the end of My Demon Lover. Do you have any comments about the special effects extravaganza that happened at the, uh, at the end there? Uh, no, no idea. Uh, other than to say, like, it, it was surprisingly uh, mm-hmm, decent, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so are you ready to render your verdict? 
I am, oh, sir. All right, Agent Velasquez, do you think my demon lover deserves to be remembered for all of human history or tossed in the black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? You know, there's some, like, like we said earlier, some stuff here that's, like, not necessarily poorly written. There's some stuff that should be funny and then somehow isn't. And, you know, it's only an hour and a half, but it felt longer. And, yeah, unfortunately, outside of, like, a couple chuckles here and there and a few special effects that are, like, fun or whatever, it doesn't really hit the mark for me. I'm going to say this should be forgotten. Yeah, I'm pretty much uh, right there with you, uh, mostly just due to our very uh, unlikable leads here. Um, like... I don't know. Like, I didn't care if they got together or not. And that's the whole sort of zeitgeist of a, of a rom-com. Um, I did like in sort of uh, 80s comedy fashion how it flew off the rails at the end. You had a lot of very um, Highlander-esque special effects at the end that I enjoyed. I don't know if they would have had a bigger budget and could have leaned more into that stuff. I could probably say that this might have had the potential to be a cult classic, but you basically have to suffer through Act 1 and Act 2 in order to get to Act 3. Um, so, yeah, for me, this is a forget as well. So that means that my demon lover shall be obliterated. The heathens have spoken. You are obliterated. All right. Hey, Aaron. I'm interested. Does anybody think otherwise? Do you love my demon lover? Tell us what we got wrong. <laughs> I mean, someone must like to, because this got a, um, I can't remember who released it on Blu-ray, like Vinegar Syndrome, one of those boutique, like Blu-ray, um, mm-hmm. uh, plays. they, they released it. So someone must want to watch it. Um, but, uh, <laughs> not us apparently. Um, no, I don't know. Us. Do you, uh, do you regret watching it? How do you feel about it in the end? I mean, yeah, I didn't enjoy it. So <laughs> I guess I, I don't know. I, I didn't. It. I didn't mind like the soundtrack and the special effects, but pretty much everything else about it sucked like, for sure. Um, but uh, definitely let us know if you think otherwise in, uh, in the comments, and make sure you subscribe and like. Is there anything else you'd like to mention before we sign off here? You hell. Uh, no, I think I am good. All right. Um, I think I'm going to be doing another uh, Kickstarter next month for issue three of Escape to Earth. So make sure you uh, oh, nice. stay tuned for that. Uh, other than that, make sure you join us next Sunday as we continue to unearth more obscure media only on Obscurity Now. We'll see you next week. You've been enjoying Obscurity Now, a podcast that's recorded live to tape and streamed to Twitch and YouTube. Subscribe so you never miss an episode or hilarious quip. Take us with you by following the download links provided in the show notes to wherever you get podcasts. And take notice of our various social media links. If that's what you're into, I'm not here to judge. And make sure you join us live next week at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscurity Obscurity Now. Now.